your money, I would rather have my soul. They want power and control. This ain't number one goal. All my friends turn to foes. Look how easily they fold. Even Nazis say they were doing what they told. Walking down this road all alone in the cold. But my soul never sold. I'm exposing the clothes. Got us chosen this role. All of those who oppose want me hopeless and broke. Like I'm nowhere on boats. I'm just trying to tell them all about the flood. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my blood. Man, I came up out of mud. Only God is my judge. I don't listen to these politicians. They the real thugs. Won't comply with the lies. They disguise it as science. They want you compliant. The media's biased. These corporate giants are capitalizing on us by dividing. But I'll keep on fighting. We will not comply with the institutions. Take illusion. All we want to be terrified. Welcome to the revolution. They're trying to dumb us down. Don't want us to make a sound. We gotta get out of now, cause it's a revolution. We will not comply with the institutions. Take illusion, all we want be terrified. Welcome to the revolution. Indeed, indeed, it is a revolution. That is what we are going through. And what we're seeing is a lot of misdirection, a lot of weird information. You know, people are talking about venom in the water. You know, I should show you this clip. Shoot. Thanks, Matt, for reminding me. Give me a second. I need to find it. You know, I didn't even have to set up because this was such a good thing. Yeah, you know, this may be it. No, no, no. Okay. Where is it? Is this it? Yeah, it is. Hold on. Let me let me get it and put it in there. I'm gonna put it on the Wait till you guys see this. I think everybody missed it. So you can see how stories are derived from something so simple that we forget. So everyone knew that COVID was all about, what was it? Bats. Well, actually, there was a story before that. And that's what's weird, that people forget. And this is how you plant to then re-emerge and then it makes sense because everyone's like oh i get it now and it's like do you though you plant and then you re-emerge i'll give you a more solid example but i think it's important that you see this so as you can see let me see if you can see it this video was published on january 24th 2020 A second person in the United States has been infected with the deadly coronavirus that is believed to have originated in Wuhan, China. The Centers of Disease Control confirmed Friday morning. Wait till you hear what they say. Wait till you hear what they say. Oh, then you're going to understand why things are so misconstrued. And this is because it was planted. It was wrong. Someone forgot about it and then revisited it. Dr. Parthenani Parthenani joins joins us us now with more more on the coronavirus outbreak. So, Doc, what can you tell us about the case in Chicago, and what about other possible infections? So, Dave, Illinois health officials confirmed that there is a second case of this coronavirus here in the U.S. The patient is a woman in her 60s. 
She, she visited Wuhan, China back in December and returned home in Chicago on January 13th. She's reported to be in stable condition as, and is being closely monitored. The good news is that she reportedly did not use public transportation and did not have symptoms when flying. As for other cases, the CDC is monitoring 63 other possible infections across 22 states, but it's, they're still saying that the immediate risk to the general public is low. So, Doc, is there a vaccine? Heather, no, there is not a vaccine for the 2019 NCOV virus, and there is no specific treatment either. You know, patients like the one in Chicago, uh, she'll receive supportive care. But I mentioned to you that Purdue University scientists had analyzed the genome of the virus, and they've also been working on develop va- developing vaccines to fight the coronavirus, which they hope to test their potential drug molecules on the Huan coronavirus very soon. In the meantime, I want to say this again because I want you to remember, remember this. You know, wash your hands often, especially when you're out in public. It's a simple step that you can do and really helps to stop the spread of germs. And, Doctor, we're hearing about this outbreak being linked to snakes. How so? So, yeah, Dave, uh, Chinese scientists have analyzed the genetic sequence of the virus, and it, and it really appears that snakes like the Chinese crate and the Chinese cobra may be the source of the deadly coronavirus. They concluded this after identifying that, that the 2019 NCOV was a mix or recombination of two coronaviruses. One was known to infect bats, but the other had origin that was unknown. After considering other animal hosts, scientists concluded that it may have come from snakes. Now, it's rare that coronaviruses jump from animals to people, but it is possible. In fact, Purdue University scientists say that the virus actually is genetically similar to the SARS variant, which you may remember back in 2002 killed over 750 people after it evolved to infect humans. Concerning stuff indeed. Dr. Nandy, thank you for the information. So what do you think about that? Snakes? See, that's how it happens. We put something in there, and then we forget about it, and then we bring it back up, and then we just create more commotion. And then we divide people into pro-Musk, anti-Musk, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, red, white, blue, black, all of it. I mean, right? Right? It's like, how do you get over something like that? It's all called communication. See, there's no transparent communication, and that's a problem. I think it's the theme of the week. But here are more stories that you should be in the know about. See, we talked about food shortages, but never like this. Right? Let's see what Maria has to tell us. 40-year high in the month of March. Americans Americans especially getting hit hard at the grocery store. The price of items like dried beans, canned vegetables, flour, all up better than 10% from the same time just one year ago. Joining me right now is the president and CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Unanwe. Bob, it's good to see you. Thanks very much for being here. Assess the situation. How do you see inflation today? Good to see you, Maria. We are on the precipice of a global food crisis. God created humanity. Humanity has created every way to destroy itself from nuclear, biological, chemical. But now we've waged a war. We've weaponized food. In the Ukraine, between the Ukraine and Russia, they represent 50% of the world's production of fertilizer. 
30% wheat, 20% corn, two and a half million acres of sunflowers, other uh, food and, and minerals. They also have sand for fracking, sand for glass. And, you know, they, they have, with Russia's doing with their land bridge, they're also cutting off the Ukraine to the sea. They've taken Mariupol pretty much. Odessa is left. If they cut off Odessa, then they basically landlock the Ukraine and they can't export. They can't either plant. Uh, right now, in the planting season in southeast Ukraine, where all these products are grown, they've attacked irrigation systems. They've attacked uh, train systems. And they've sent millions of women and children into exile. But let me say that we have provoked, in a way, this war by showing an incredible uh, weakness around the globe and lack of resolve to protect the women, children, and the innocent. It started in wow. Afghanistan when when we left women and children behind. Usually women and children go first. We left them behind. And now they've sent yeah. millions of women into exile. If the United States, the greatest country on earth, doesn't stand up for the defenseless, who will? We will lose this country yeah. unless we love and build versus hate and destroy. This, we've given the green light around the world for people to abuse right. and exploit women and children. We've given that green light by showing well, our weakness. Well, Bob, I, I understand everything that you're saying, and the Afghanistan debacle really triggered so many bad outcomes uh, from, uh, you know, across, from our adversaries across the world. But what I'm really trying to understand is what's going on with the price of food. We're looking at double-digit increases in terms of the price. You are bringing into this conversation a much bigger issue and a potential food shortage crisis. Are you talking about a food shortage crisis where Americans are not going to have access to food, never mind paying up in the double digits for the price of food? America will say, let them eat cake because we have abundance. We're the biggest consumers in the world. The countries that will suffer are the innocent ones in Africa and around the globe. We are the biggest consumers of drugs, of trafficking, of, of everything. We're gluttonous. We're going to have to tighten our belt and consume less. less. We've gone from oil independence to oil dependence. We've given up that position to, to have yeah. our oil at cost and to buy it retail and then ship it. Our shipping, when we bring in stuff from, let's say, Thailand, coconut water, we're paying 10 times the freight we usually take. Yeah. Now we have oil in our land and in a pipe with this zero transportation, zero ecological disasters. Yeah. And we got to ship it in a boat and 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 put uh, the account the uh the the world in jeopardy if a if a, if a yeah if a ship is bombed or if it goes aground or, or whatever so we've gone from right. oil independence to be dependent we're dependent now on everybody yeah. else we're the greatest nation on earth well, we've been as, dependent yeah. on nobody as opposed what we've given that as up opposed we've given to, that up yeah as opposed to having the product in a pipeline under the sea. I, I understand the, the analogy and the comparison but, that you're making. Bob, let me get let me get your take on this, because I, I get what you're but saying. The cost it is of a that, very, Maria. very frightening notion. The cost. What are you seeing in terms of the cost? And do you think that things are going to get worse? So you're sitting there at Goya. The, you are at a front row seat. Do you think these prices go even higher later on this year? Let's start there. The biggest component in in 
food and anything is is transportation. The transportation has gone as skyrocketed because we've given up our independence. But you know, when you have an unbalance in the food production in 2008, the price of grains tripled. Why? Because we were planting corn for ethanol instead of uh, rice and grains and, and, and other things. You know, the amount of sugar in corn to produce ethanol, it takes three gallons of fuel to make five gallons of ethanol. Whereas if you're not using sugar cane, which is much more higher sugar content. So, you know, but when you have an imbalance in the world production, 50% of fertilizer, that's the farmers are paying double for fertilizer. They're planting yeah. less. The yields yeah. are going to be less. Their costs are going to go up. You know, with 30% of the, the world's uh, wheat production, if that goes unplanted in the Ukraine and yeah. corn and other things, that we know we our world is very, uh, it's, it's on, it's a very tight balance. And if we interrupt sure. the food production, we will have a food crisis. Prices will go through the roof. We can afford it as a rich country. We're so abundant. But other countries, unfortunately, will not. And we will be the last ones affected. But like Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Wow. Ryan, jump in. Curious. I mean, we hear about reshoring, Bob, of manufacturing and bringing everything back to the U.S., which doesn't really seem to be happening. Can you do the same thing with our imports of agriculture? I mean, can we reshore a lot of that so we're not dependent on the world or we're not in a situation like we are today with the, the whole Russian-Ukrainian war? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't quite get the question. I'm sorry. Well, can we start to bring some of those imports back to the U.S. where we actually do more planting here and we're not dependent on the rest of the world for our agriculture needs? Well, the U.S. is the largest, uh, one of the largest producers of, of, of food, but we're also the largest consumers. And but if you interrupt the uh, production of fertilizers and other crops around the world, it's going to it's going to uh, dis disrupt that. So, you know, we, we need to uh, we've the problem is we've outsourced a lot of besides food, a lot of other things. And that's driven up the cost of things from drugs into China and chips. Yeah. I was hearing this morning about Ford. They need you need three thousand chips in a car to make yeah. to make a, a, the new Ford one fifty. And we're not making chips. That's we're right. depending on others. We're depending on others for food. We have the food. Well, we will well, be. We've been talking. It's not as yeah. big an issue here. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about this reliance now for several years. I do not understand why we're not seeing more progress. I mean, why we are reliant on the CCP, America's number one adversary for our prescription drugs is just mind boggling. Seventy percent of the underlying uh, components of our prescription drugs are made in China. Bob, I mean, it's outrageous, but we're going to keep a spotlight on it and hope that Americans uh, understand these issues. Bob Unanwe, thank you, sir, for your part in all of this. President thank and you, CEO of Goya. So now Goya tells us we're not going to have food, but they're talking Africa, Africa, right? Africa. Africa. Yeah, not here, right? Because they're not going to have food. When have they had food? We've been raising funds for Africa all this time. What's really going on? Hmm? See, that's the funny part. That you're now seeing it. So what do they do? They take away your health and they put you in your house. You didn't buy it.
They can't force vaccine you. So they make people hungry. They rise prices. People don't have jobs, right? The country doesn't have enough money. And then people start stealing. Crime starts to rise, right? Food is scarce. And, you know, there's already laws that say you can't collect rainwater. You're not allowed to have your own power source like windmills and stuff. You know, remember that windmill guy in Minnesota that got fined and arrested for having it. It almost seems like they planned it to box people in. And then you have your unions that you thought were safe away from big banking that are the ones that are actually bankrolling CRT and all this stuff. And then your kids, when you send them to school, they test them and then they tell you, you may not have rights to come in and talk because your kid gets to decide if you have parental rights. Look at all the moving pieces here. They can refuse you health care if you don't get the vaccine. It sounds like there's a lot going on at the same time so that they can start some riots. But they need the right segue. Damn, lots of people with the COVID vaccine are dying. Damn, can we invent a new thing? Well, we can't bring Ebola because people are watching. I mean, we could. Like, how are we going to do it? And we've got all these sudden deaths and we've got all these, oh man, we've put them in boxes and they're not buying it. We've got to find another way. Africans aren't hungry. They got shit. They're good. They're good. Well, except for the ones that they harvest, but they're good. So you have to think like they're boxing the people in and now they have elections and now there's lawsuits being filed to not allow electronic ballot machines. And it's like, What? You mean paper ballot we can't steal? And now they're boxing in the president to make him look bad, right? It sounds so weird. And then we have people flipping on each other within the conservative movement and then politicians as well. And then, well, you should just listen to this from CNN. House member, but does have considerable sway over many of is the Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, who is no fan of Kevin McCarthy. Unless conservatives get their act together right away, Kevin McCarthy or one of his highly liberal allies like Elise Stefanik is very likely to be Speaker of the House in January. That would mean we will have a Republican Congress led by a puppet of the Democratic Party. Ouch. Uh, Ouch. (laughs) You were talking about the former president, Donald Trump, and how much time there is between now and when this vote would take place. There are several months, and as we've seen with the former president, he's your friend one day, but you say something another day that really upsets him, and then he's suddenly not very loyal to you anymore. So there's a lot of running room here, uh, even if there isn't anyone else. There's plenty of time for someone, I guess, to uh, emerge who could challenge him for that. But Republicans are signaling, John, and this, I think, is the important part, that they are most focused on taking back the House at this point in the election so they can even get to that point. When you look at the comments by the NRCC chair, for instance, who's in charge of taking it back, they're also making comments about, oh, this is a thing of the media. They want to squarely keep the focus on President Joe Biden and Democrats and taking back those seats so they can even get to a point where they're having a discussion about who's going to be the next speaker. I've been doing this for a long time, and Republicans have always been more disciplined than Democrats at keeping their family feuds, trying to keep them private. Uh, fight it out in the room, don't fight it out publicly. That has been a trademark of Republicans forever. The question is, though, can this be sustained in the sense that, or even if McCarthy remains as leader, is he weakened? 
uh, because he's lied to his own members. He has lied publicly. He doesn't have the credibility. This is one snippet of a call where he's talking. You hear Kevin McCarthy and you hear his deputy, Steve Scalise, uh, talking about things that Matt Gates was saying after the election and around the time of the insurrection. And they are sounding an alarm. Listen. So I'm calling Gates. I'm explaining to him. I don't know how to say, but I'm going to have some other people call him too. But the nature of what, if I'm getting briefing, I'm going to get another one from the FBI tomorrow. Uh, this is serious shit to cut this out. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, uh, uh, I mean, it's potentially illegal what he's doing. Well, he's putting people in jeopardy. Yeah. That's the number one and the number two in the House Republican conference talking about things Matt Gates was saying uh, after the election around the insurrection. Uh, Matt Gates responding. This is from yesterday before the meeting today. Representatives McCarthy and Representative Scalise held views about President Trump and me that they should shared on sniveling calls with Liz Cheney, not us. This is the behavior of weak men, not leaders. Uh, Matt Gates normally does align himself with Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs, a few others. Uh, he seems to be an outlier at the moment, but emphasizing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, Matt Gates is going to be probably the biggest problem for uh, Kevin McCarthy. He is not just vocal on these sorts of issues, but he is going to be trying to rally other MAGA world Republicans in the House to try to turn against Kevin McCarthy specifically on this issue. And, you know, it's interesting because when this whole started, this whole scandal sort of started exploding last week, we were hearing from House Republicans who specifically said, you know, watch what McCarthy says about kicking members off Twitter. You know, he's been very uh, critical of Twitter publicly saying, you know, Twitter shouldn't be kicking off conservatives. They shouldn't be doing censorship of this and that. And then privately, he's saying these members are dangerous enough that they shouldn't have their Twitter handles at all. And so that in particular, uh, we were told was going to be particularly damaging for him. And right now it looks like people are giving him a pass, but you just a few minutes ago brought up this point of is it is he losing capital? And, you know, the more that these sorts of things come out, it's absolutely going to grade in terms of the support he has with his membership. So people will remember this. They might be giving him a pass right now. But as you said, the speaker's race is a very long time away and a lot of shoes could drop between now and then. Uh, giving him a pass right now and seeing what they can get uh, for their support. You mentioned the Twitter thing, which is a huge issue right now, obviously, with Elon Musk buying Twitter, but a big issue among conservatives anyway. Kevin McCarthy said he never said any specific member should be kicked off Twitter. Listen here. The first voice you hear is a House Republican aide. Then you'll hear McCarthy. Moore also made this tweet on Saturday night as the U.S. Capitol Police officer who shot and killed a woman as he tried to get into the lobby. So he tweeted at Marjorie Green and at Nayroll. I understand it was a black police officer that shot the white female veteran. You know, that doesn't fit the narrative. What? Oh, man. This is what we're, we have to confront with this. Can't they take their Twitter accounts away, too? Uh, there it is, right there. He, that, that's his voice. I mean, he, he cannot deny what he said. He can try to spin it and say, I said other things, too. That's only a piece of the context. Uh, that after saying he didn't say what you hear him say. Right. I also think it's interesting that he was seemed sort of genuinely surprised, I guess, by what his own members were saying. And as someone who's been sort of talking to a lot of members of his conference and keeping tabs on, um, you know, how MAGA world has evolved, he seemed to be surprised. And, um, you know, the sort of oh man in his voice, um, I think he genuinely, it seemed, felt that uh, they were a problem at the time and could incite more violence which, you know, the audio is pretty clear on that, and yep. yet did nothing about it. Yet did nothing about it. Did nothing about it. <laughs> Come on, please. You see, this is how they turn on each other. 
They completely turn on each other. And here's another. Let's throw people under the bus. Let's go. Let's go. Everybody, let's go. Secretary Mayorkas is putting lipstick on a pig. Senator John Fune is now a hero. <laughs> Speaking, which was the loser at, you know, our nice monument where he stood there in South Dakota and said he didn't want to be near President Trump. That loser. Yeah, true story. True story. Just in decades and now the House White House is making, making outlandish claims about having the border crisis under control. Join me now to weigh in is Senate Minority Whip, South Dakota Senator John Thune. Senator, thank you for joining us. Before I get you to weigh in, I'd love you to hear what we heard today. It just blew us away when we heard Mayorkas at a hearing claiming the border's under control. Take a listen. We inherited a broken and dismantled system that is already under strain. It is not built to manage the current levels and types of migratory flows. Only Congress can fix this. Yet, we have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States. Senator, Senator, inherited a broken system, and then we effectively have managed uh, what's going on. Sir, your thoughts? Well, that's, that's fantasy land, Eric. I, I mean, think about it. These guys came to office at a time when um, the number of uh, you know, border crossings on any particular given day were about 1,600. It, when they repeal Title 42, even their own people are projecting it could be as much as 18,000 a day compared to 1,600 uh, pre-pandemic. And so this is a direct result of Biden policies. He owns this and they can't run away from it because what they did is when they came into office, they had 94 executive actions right away, many of which deprived the Border Patrol the tools that they need to enforce the border. They stopped construction of the border wall. They significantly curbed deportations and they ended the Remain in Mexico policy. All that on day one. And they're getting exactly what they should have expected and honestly what these horrible policies deserve. But it's a horrible outcome for the country. Senator, a couple of things I heard today. I heard they'd spent $72 million on the border wall, the Biden administration did, but they spent it to, to stop building the wall. They spent $72 million to lay down the hammers. Yeah, well, and that that's it, it really is, Eric. I talked to Border Patrol officials down there, and they tell you that the wall is an important part of deterrence. I mean, they, if you want to turn people away having a barrier – not only because it stops people from getting over it, but also slows them down enough the Border Patrol people can apprehend them. I'm, I'm telling you what the Border Patrol is warning us about is if they repeal this um, uh, Title 42, which they're talking about doing right now, uh, they're saying that Border Patrol is that it will take nine out of 10 of their agents off of the border and have them processing migrants. Think about that. Mm -hmm. All the bad stuff that comes across the border, sex trafficking, human trafficking, drug trafficking, weapons trafficking, a uh, lot of bad stuff. And, uh, and they're going to be stuck processing migrants because this administration has decided that they essentially want to have an open borders policy. Yeah. Senator, you know, I thought with the, with the crisis that's happened, 200,000, uh, 211,000, 12,000 last month, and the numbers are just going to grow for the summer. I thought my Arcus would be the sacrificial lamb. I thought that, you know, the borders are Kamala Harris can't find her. It's not working, whatever she's doing. So they need, I believe they have to send someone off into, into the sunset and blame it on them. How is Mayorkas still in the job? 
it's really surprising. And I think a lot of our, our members are frankly very surprised by that too, but it's, it's indicative. And I think um, you look at the so-called borders are, as you mentioned, Vice President Harris hasn't been there. Biden hasn't been there. And so, you know, Mayorkas has to kind of get up and sell this, uh, this awful um, package that he has to try and represent before the Congress. And there's just no way he can defend this. I mean, he's, he's, I'm probably trying to do the best he can to, um, you know, to put lipstick on a pig, but you cannot disguise this. This is a complete and utter failure that was totally avoidable and in exclusively, um, you know, attributable to the Biden administration policies. They came in, they did away with every, uh, you know, former or the previous administration, Trump administration policies, which had been very effective. And, uh, and we're seeing the consequence of yeah. that. And there's yeah. no way they can get away from it. Indeed we are. And yet they won't pivot. They won't change it. They keep doing what you're doing. No, administration. no. Double down. Double down. Crazy. Senator John Thune, great having you on. Thank you for your time, sir. Thanks, Derek. Good to be with you. Okay. Sounds like everyone, excuse me, it sounds like everyone is just singing and beating their own drum. It just doesn't make sense, does it? Wait, no, I'm going to give you more not make sense, okay? More not make sense. So let me show you the left and the right, okay? So we're going to go to the left first. Let's see Joy Reid tell you about Elon Musk. You know, the one that, oh, no, my thing was hacked retroactively, which, by the way, can be done, obviously, but it wasn't, where she was writing racist shit, right? But let's see what she has to say. Or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Yeah, see the irony there? I mean, that's what many on the right have been saying that Twitter was doing to them. Um, I'm not sure... He got that. By the way, I don't know where the music came from. I don't think that was on his show. Not sure. Let's uh, bring in Jesse Jane Duff once again and hosted the Joe Paggs show. It worked out perfectly because his name is Joe Paggs. Uh, Joe, uh, <laughs> let me ask you about that. We have seen the left just, they're not handling this well. I'll give you another example. Uh, Joy Reid melting down over must take over, comparing it to the South Africa in the 80s. Here's what she said. The bottom line is, as you said, if they want, they don't want to just be in the club. They are, they, they are on the, you know, they've been described as being on the outside of the culture looking in through the glass. But they don't just want to come in. They want to come in and be able to punch people in the face and walk around and laugh about it and yes. not have anyone be able to stop them. The, the thing is, the, the enjoyment they get out of being in this town square is being able to harass people, being able to attack people. Elon Musk, I guess he, you know, he misses the old South Africa in the 80s. He wants, he wants that back wow joe i'm not Come even on. sure you you take this uh, ari melber and uh and joy reed are admitting to all of the world on their little shows that twitter has been doing this since day one and they've been doing it to people like me people like you people like jesse because we don't get in line and in lockstep with everything they agree with they they literally ari melber spelled out exactly what happened in 2020 with that story about hunter biden's laptop the New York Post, Bob, you and I could not send each other direct messages about that story. It was squelched even in the private uh, part of, of, of Twitter. They are admitting that what's, what's been going on has been giving them the great advantage. And now we just want an even playing field. I don't even know that Elon Musk is a conservative. I think the guy's a libertarian. He's more down the middle. He just said, we want free speech as protected by the law. And why on God's green earth would any American 
Joy Reid, Ari Melber, any of us, anybody watching right now, anybody listening to my show, why would any American not want that? What is, what, what is it that they're so afraid of? And I think the, the funniest thing, and I'll finish with this, is that Alyssa Milano and people like her are going to get her because <laughs> they think that Getter somehow is going to be the new Twitter that will, again, give them the advantage. But guess what? That's a free speech platform, too. It doesn't make sense, but I'm glad they're admitting what they've been doing for all this time. Yeah. Jesse? Well, hearing Joy Reid make comments like they want to punch you in the face and attack you, I'm sorry, you have a block button, Joy. You don't have to engage with anybody on Twitter. You can block almost anybody. In fact, you should block half the people. I'm not going to sit here and suggest for two seconds that it's a civil society going on on Twitter. I have been attacked myself. I have seen conservatives go aggressively after, after people on the left. Many of the people who got suspended are now over on Truth Social basically having their uh, field day, so to speak, of enjoyment now that they're on Truth Social because they've been moved off of Twitter. Twitter was never a playground that had a uh, dynamic about it, a politeness. If you want to go on Twitter and get a message out, it's probably one of the largest and best platforms available to you. And Joy Reid doesn't have to worry about being assaulted or punched in the face. She can block anybody she wants. Not only that, to sit there and go back to apartheid in South Africa and make these allegations, it's very similar to what she said about my friend Jack Brewer, who had children that he was working with, who were there when Governor DeSantis signed the bill in Florida, and she said it was equivalent to child abuse. She makes these flamboyant allegations and gets away with it every single time. Yeah, we, we had Jack on yesterday, and um, he beautifully responded to what her allegations were. Um, and, and I encourage you to go back and, and look at anybody that wanted to see the interview we had here on Newsmax with him. Um, but here's what gets me is it's okay, Joe, for those on the left to stereotype those who are conservative, and it's it, they immediately can call them racist, and because something nobody wants to be, and most people I know who are conservative are not anywhere near being racist. Are there some racists in the world? Yeah, but yeah. you can be conservative, want low taxes and a closed border and equality of opportunity and good education and uh, want to be paid for merit uh, and not be a racist, <laughs> and and they always have to go there. That's where they go immediately. Well, it's an easy go-to because people, when they're called racist, immediately say, I've got a black friend. I went to a black college. Um, and, and they respond that way, and they get off of uh, whatever, the, whatever the, the topic is. Um, the fact is, it's projection. The Democrats in this country, historically, are the racists. They always have been. They always continue to be. Now Harvard is trying to say, oh, we're not racist. We're going to give $100 million. Well, you are racist. Um, the bottom line is this. The KKK, segregation, Jim Crow, lynchings, slavery were all mechanisms of the Democrat Party, period, end of story, full stop. Nobody can argue anything against that. So to project it on conservatives who literally just want a fair playing field, as you said, we want meritocracy, as you said, we want equal opportunity, not this fake equity thing that we've just come up with. But if you say the word racist, it almost takes me back to that Kennedy trial back in the 80s or 90s, where, where the younger Kennedy said, how do you respond to the word rape? How do you respond to the word racism? Somebody calls you a racist, you have to change everything that you were talking about and everything that you were working for and focus on dispelling that horrible That's thing right. that somebody That's just true. called you. That's true. That's why they play yeah. the card immediately because right. they know it throws you off your game. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Well, well, it does for many. It doesn't for, throw for me many, off my game. Yeah, I, I respond very quickly, Bob. I say, hey, 
tell me one thing that I've ever done or said that's racist, go, that's a, and they can't. That's a good way to respond. And, and by the way, we're talking about this uh, on, on our air because uh, I'm comfortable doing that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway Jesse, Jesse Jane Dodd. Joe Pang, thank you. So comfortable much on our air because I'm comfortable doing that. Oh my gosh, did you guys hear that? Like, I'm like, what is going on? The R word. Oh, you know what? Actually, speaking of R words, can I say N words? So, what? Oh, no, I'm not supposed to. You have to wait for Shadowgate 3. Damn it. Damn it. Um. Anyway, so you saw that side of things, how, you know, Liberals are throwing a tantrum because of blah, 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 and how they're throwing a tantrum and this is so bad. But the thing is, if you see the left is saying things like, oh, my gosh, you know, you you're going to be able to ban political opponents. Like, what the fuck did you guys do? You shut down Laura Loomer. You took out the president. That's like the worst thing you could have been like the private company shut down the president of the United States. That is an act of war. And no, I said it when it happened. That's an act of war. And while everyone's sitting there like fucking Tracy Bean, she's so thirsty. I'm just letting the invitation. Right. No, what has happened is like, hey, you mass banned a shit ton, millions of accounts on January 8th. Reinstate the fuckers. That's how it goes. Reinstate. Why should people have to do this and do that? Undo that shit. January 8th, everybody got banned. And literally minutes before they did it, I said, it's fucking happening. Just like stuff are happening. Now, I'm just saying, like, this is the stuff. <laughs> Wait, you need to hear more. You need to hear more. You need to see the division to understand it. You need to see more. You need to see the division to understand it. Richest man, Elon Musk, subject to more vicious attacks on the, the left after buying Twitter for $44 billion and pledging to let free speech reign supreme on the platform. Watch. Twitter is not the government. Twitter is a private company that can say, no, you're not allowed to be a Nazi on, on Twitter. There was a time when people had the double hashtags around their names because they were Jewish and right wingers were saying, get in the oven anytime you made any benign comment on Twitter. They attacked women. The, the, you know, the misogyny was crazy on Twitter for a while. Elon Musk, I guess he, you know, he misses the old South Africa in the 80s. He wants he wants that back. But Musk remains undeterred by the critics. He is slamming Twitter's decision to center the Hunter Biden laptop story, calling it incredibly inappropriate. And he just tweeted this a moment ago, quote, for Twitter to deserve public trust, it must be politically neutral, which effectively means upsetting the far right and the far left equally. I don't know if they're equally upset, Greg. Um, but remember that song by Cindy Lauper, The True Colors? Yes. That's what you're seeing now. The media exactly. they got their true colors coming out. Exactly. I can't love a story more than this story. <laughs> it's like we got a free election result, yeah. you know, in which we won and we get to see all the people who dislike us. Not that we dislike that, but who dislike us break down in public. It really is like 2016, except instead of Trump winning, the First Amendment won. Isn't that beautiful? Love that. That's yeah. Beautiful Joy Reid has built a foolproof career insurance plan. She <laughs> she is like she is. MSNBC so terrified that like they can't fire her because she's just going to call them racist too. She calls everybody racist yep. when, and, and that's her game and that's her scam. And the MSNBC management are cowards for letting her do this, but that's what they chose to do. I think Musk pointing out the New York Post story is his message to the company, uh, mm -hmm. censor who was the, uh, legal chief, um, 
Vijaya Gaddy, I think her name, that your days of getting rich off woke censorship and ideological targeting is over. This is a woman that made tens of millions of dollars in her role. And then she's crying. She's crying because she's just about to be fired. Um, One of the things that I was curious about, Judge, is that uh, apparently Elon Musk signed an agreement that said I won't criticize the company. But is pointing out, I'm just wondering what the Twitter people probably think that he's criticizing the company if he's suggesting that it was highly inappropriate to express the laptop. Well, he's criticizing the company by showing up or by buying the company. That's all they need. I mean, what you just heard was lunacy. That 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 Elon Musk is longing for apartheid from the South African apartheid. What kind of lunacy is that? Look, you know, Greg has said this a million times. We don't know what Elon Musk's politics are. But all he has to say is this. Like, I believe in the First Amendment. I believe in free speech. And these people on the on the left are saying, you know what? Um, they're, those people aren't going to protect democracy. Well, isn't free speech democracy? And and who do they think that they're that they're talking to? Because Americans get what they're saying. And it's evident by everyone getting this huge increase in Twitter followers <laughs> now that the dialer apparently is being released. So, so yeah, the ahead. one thing, Geraldo, that they that the right and the left seem to agree on is that Elon Musk has said he will do all he can to make sure that the bots are banned from the uh, platform, which I think people would welcome. What do you make of the continued like frenzied meltdown about it. I'm shocked that this story has had legs that's now into the third or fourth day. It it was shocking to me because to me, it was a one day story, a business story. It was uh, it was interesting and exciting when I thought that Trump may be coming back. Uh, I I think that uh, Elon Musk is the future of uh, of competent private enterprise. I, I love his alarm. I love his uh, uh, the, his creativity. You give the guy, uh, I went through his uh, resume when I heard Joe Reed say that about apartheid. He left South Africa when he was 17 years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, there's never any evidence on the record, as far as I know, that he has an ounce of racism in him. Uh, so other than the fact that he's a white guy, for her to make this kind of attack is so scurrilous. It's so low down and dirty. To, uh, to me. And I, and uh, Greg mentions the bosses at MSNBC. You know, I worked at CNBC for a long time. I, where the hell are they? Yeah. How, how is it that you're allowed to like the one thing like Elon Musk said, for example, it is incredibly inappropriate for Twitter to kill the uh, the Hunter Biden laptop mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. I mean, who disagrees with that now that the Washington Post, the New York Times, everybody said the laptop is, is legit. And uh, what it contained was so outrageous. I mean, I mean, there would have been a story in any administration that your your kid, you're only as happy as your unhappiest kid. But this kid was like doing uh, this drug and that drug and screwing this uh, widow of his and brother and this it. and that and who knows what he did. And, and the widow's sister. And, and, the, oh boy. <laughs> and the widow's sister. Yes, that's right. I always forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, and uploading it. Widow's sister. <laughs> to uh, another novel. book. Another yeah. book. I mean, I've never forgotten about the uh, <laughs> nieces. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, Ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> what will happen them? at Twitter if Elon Musk cancels their day of rest? Mm. Wow. Well, what day is that? It's Sunday. It's every once in a, no, it's every once in a while they get a full day of rest. Like a couple of weeks ago, they had one because Elon Musk suggested he was going to buy the well, company. Remember, that's the same thing that happened after, after Trump the won the election. I think right. my sister's school gave the whole day off. Yeah. Because they were oh, yeah. Morning. Oh, yeah. They were black and they lit candles. Oh. Elon Musk is the new Trump. He is the new 
bad guy in, in the, the country, country that they are going to crash go. and throttle until they can bleed him dry. So he doesn't even want Twitter anymore. Maybe he'll just fly off into space and say, see you later. <laughs> this guy is going to be investigated by the SEC, by the Justice Department. They are going to destroy him as hard as possible. And any negative thing that happens on the platform, say someone goes and shoots somebody and they find and they trace it. They lay that death at his doorstep. Any negative thing that happens, True. that is blood on his hands. It's not like he's also saying there's not going to be moderation. He's saying they're going to moderate. You're not allowed to go there and say, I'm going to kill everybody. They're going to moderate it. They're just not going to rig it. And that's why they're so upset. Joe reads a joke. And who owns Comcast? Is it Brian Roberts? Does he still own? Do they own NBC or whatever I, that I is? Someone needs to ask, ask Brian, Brian Roberts. Roberts. Just show him a clip. Joy Reid, take it into his boardroom and say, are you comfortable with this? Paying this woman on your airwaves to say these kind of things? There's no way in hell he would be comfortable listening to that on his own airwaves. You probably just guaranteed her next contract. Well, maybe <laughs> I did. Well, she's great for us because she's plenty of content. Last, Last thing, thing, it's, it's ironic the guy's this climate warrior. Two years yeah. ago, they loved the guy because he was saving the planet. Now yeah. they tried to save Twitter yeah. and he's like Dr. Evil. Yeah, they want, they'll probably want to tank Tesla next. <laughs> Tesla better, better watch, watch out. out. They're coming for him. <laughs> All right. Ahead, President, President Biden, Biden is DHS secretary making a very. So wait a minute. How are they going to tank Tesla? See, what people don't get is that this is all a script. What you're watching, even Jesse talking is a fucking script. It's a script. BlackRock owns Tesla. Hello. Biggest shareholder. It's all a script. They always go for the. CEOs. Like, that's how I ran into Burn. That's how I ran into a lot of people. I've seen the Cubans. Oh, you'll be very surprised. See, they think they have them wrapped up. They don't. That's their problem. They're not going to be able to control him for long. He's the one controlling them. And if you think Tesla, the car, is about the battery, right? Or the way it looks. You're so fucking wrong. It's the damn AI. The only thing that makes the car is the AI that drives you, that gives that smooth connection. Guys, I told you that in February, right? You know, I, I we all have car insurance, right? In car insurance, uh, you know, obviously you want comprehensive, you want all the stuff. Like I got rid of freaking Allstate um, the minute, like I was so pissed. The minute they made me jump through fucking hoops or was it State Farm? I don't even remember why. I think it was Allstate. They made me jump through hoops when someone rear-ended me, right? And so Tesla actually in my state, and there's only like five states or three states, I don't even remember. They're growing all the time, offered me insurance. And I did tell you guys, I have like a deductible of $250 for collision, $100 for comprehensive, rentals, the whole nine yard included. Guess how much I pay a month? 40 bucks. Last month I paid $58 and this month it's anticipated at $60. Why? Because it calculates how I drive the month before to say what my risk is to have an accident. <clears throat> so obviously, because I've been very late lately and I have a lot of things to do. And I think my dangerous driving comes because I'm constantly going into these parking lots or whatever. 
that, um, you know, plays into the cost of my insurance. And something else that I noticed, right, is that, you know, usually I'd put it on auto drive on the highway, you know, where I, where I'm like going for 10 miles, where I'll pick up my phone, send an email or whatever. And now lately, since I've had their insurance, it's constantly like, put your hands on the wheel. I'm like, how the fuck do you know? Like you never knew before, before I could be watching a movie and you wouldn't even fucking know. But now that I have the insurance, it's tracking everything I do in my car. So my hands were always on the wheel, but even though they're on the wheel, it's telling me they're not on the wheel. And I'm like, shut up. My hands are right on the wheel. Look, I'm squeezing, I'm turning. And it's like, what is it doing? Again, Elon is way ahead of them. He's had a good 15, 16 years of uh, creating analytics of driving and how people drive and where they go and what they do. So when these EVs, and I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. End of 2023, when the Lyric comes out from Cadillac, when BMW and all these fuckers come out with their electronic vehicles, they will fail because what he's going to do, he's going to make a super eco-friendly, like cheap model of Tesla that's like 30 grand. And it's like, boom, he just killed their market and took over. While everyone's moving over to EV vehicles, it's like game the fuck over. He just won because he's got at least, you know, almost 20 years of analytics and training his AI. People don't see that. I don't know how you can't see that. And this move of him becoming one of the biggest publishers is just that. He believes in fair and transparent communication because he's not the type of person that wants to win by being sneaky. He wants to win by just doing it out in the open. New gods. New gods. You know? Those are done. Those are done. That's the thing. And what people don't see is how smart he is. And, you know, a lot of people now are watching that Ali Akbar is latching on to Elon because he thinks for some reason that, you know, he's an influencer and that he's going to save him and throw him a couple dollars. <laughs> I swear to God, he's grifting for money. And this is why Ali came out today and he was attacking Jack Posobiec and attacking Steve Bannon, which I think that their assessment of Tesla tanking is wrong. And Jesse said they're going to come after him. No, they're fucking not. He paid $11 billion dollars in taxes like you go go audit that he pays every single penny he abides by every single thing he believes in universal income he thinks a covid vaccine is necessary but not all vaccines right you see but he but he still believes in freedom of choice i mean you have a choice not to go to that supermarket you have a choice that you can go to the food pantry you don't have to go to albertson's you see this is how things are it's, it's, it's right in front of you. All you have to do is step back and take a good look. And the fact that they're praising, yeah, all these, you know, big, big corporations and big, you know, I'm going to tell you why. What if I told you that this coup, this coup, this money that came in from Soros actually came in through PayPal, what would you say? But Peter Thiel's funding, exactly my point. I have that story. I'm going to be putting it out. And I didn't say it's Peter, but it's PayPal or someone else. And then you're going to see it all connect and you're going to be like, shut the fuck up. How did we not see this? See, because people don't pay attention. We listen to what people 
talk about Telegram, tweet, Facebook, rumble and shit. And we're so damn focused on the stupid shit that we don't step back and say, all right, what am, what's the real story here? What is going on here? You know, what is going on here? Why are conservatives now? Oh, let me go, you know, sweat on Elon. Elon doesn't give a shit about you. He's got seven kids. Seven, right? He's been doing shit. He gives zero fucks as long as whatever he wants to get. His vision is that everyone integrates with technology. And I'm going to tell you what, that would be ideal. The integration of technology, right? It would be ideal. Everyone would be smart. Everyone would function. But then we get into the Prometheus Epimetheus question that we've had. And we've had this discussion. Again, Elon, well, people like us don't exist. And so it all takes a matter of understanding what that actually means. What does that actually mean? And the only way you break free from that is to be able to see, right? You just have to be able to see right through all of it. Every single part of it. Now, <clears throat> I did a little bit of an extended because I'm going to be in Columbus tomorrow. So hopefully my archivist can actually split this into like hour and a half episodes. So it's not too long for those that are listening to it on the podcast. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that are happening. And, you know, now the narrative in Ukraine is breaking down. And you know, what was funny today, I went to run errands, I had to go to the bank, pay bills, and do things. And, you know, I see the little Ukraine thing. And I tell her, where, where's this money going to? She's like, you know, I don't know. She's like, I was thinking that too. Like all these stores. And I was like, see, people are waking up. They just need that conversation. People need to say, why the fuck is every single consumer brand asking us for money to Ukraine? Where's this going? I don't understand where this money is going. Who's it going to? Who's getting this money? Huh? Who's getting this money? Escalation on and off the Ukraine battlefield today. Heavy shelling and rocket attacks are reported in the Luhansk region, eastern Ukraine, as well as another missile strike near the southern port city of Odessa. And this big step from the Kremlin. Russia says it will stop supplying gas to NATO nations Poland and Bulgaria. Just moments ago, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, vowing any country interfering in Ukraine, Putin says, will be met with a, quote, lightning fast response from Russia. If someone intends to intervene in what is happening from the outside and creates unacceptable strategic threats for us, then they should know that our response to oncoming strikes will be swift, lightning fast. We have all the tools for this, ones that no one can brag about, and we won't brag. We will use them if needed, and I want everyone to know this. All the decisions have been made in this regard. It's great to see you, Scott McLean. He's live for us in Lviv in western Ukraine. Scott, what's the latest? John, you know, in the escalating war of words between Moscow and Washington, comments like that certainly do not do much to help bring down the temperature. Putin there didn't specify what kind of tools he's talking about. He also didn't specify what kind of threat he might be retaliating against either. 
Uh, clearly, the Russian president does not appreciate that foreign weapons are making their way into Ukraine. The Russians have said many times that those are legitimate targets once they get onto Ukrainian soil. Clearly, economic targets are legitimate for the Russians as well in response to sanctions against Russia. The EU is calling this decision to shut off the gas pipes to Poland and Bulgaria blackmail. Well, Moscow says it's just policy. Uh, the EU says that both countries are now being supplied by other countries. Poland, in fact, says that it won't need Russian gas at all by the fall. But let's keep in mind that 40% of Europe's gas comes from Russia. And the Russians are even warning that warning Poland, for instance, because a pipeline goes through its territory en route to Germany, warning the Poles not to siphon gas from that line or it will shut it off even to the Germans uh, as well. It seems, John, like the footprint of this war is beginning to expand as well. There were three missile strikes on Russian territory uh, early this in the early hours this morning, one about 10 miles inside of Russian territory, hit an, an ammunition depot there, another one uh, 75 miles in, the Russians say that it was struck down, and then a third 200 miles from the Ukrainian border on Russian territory. It's not clear in that case what it hit, but the city that was uh, that was being aimed at is a key military and transportation hub. Now, the Ukrainians did not take direct responsibility for these strikes, but they might as well have. A, a, an advisor to President Zelensky uh, said that if you invade another country, sooner or later, debts have to be repaid and also said that karma is a cruel thing. One other thing to mention, John, and that is that early this morning, a bridge, a very key bridge that connects the southwestern part of Ukraine to the rest, the rest of the country was struck for a second time. It was hit yesterday. It was hit again this morning after repair work had already started there. That is concerning because the Ukrainians, it is very close to Moldova. The only other route now by road for Ukrainians to link up with their own country is through Moldova. And the Ukrainians are worried that perhaps the conflict could expand into the separatist part of Moldova, Transnistria, though President Zelensky says that if the Russian troops stationed in Transnistria were to attack Ukraine, he says his country is ready. John? Scott McLean, live for us in Lviv. Scott, grateful for that reporting. Let's get some perspective now from retired Lieutenant General Bed Hodges. He's the former commanding general of the U.S. Army Europe. General, grateful for your time today. Let's start, before we go break down the battlefield, let's start with what we just heard there from President Putin, talking about we have these tools. Uh, we are not afraid to use them. Do you take that as just bravado meant for the propaganda and Russian state TV, or is that a serious threat to the United States, to the NATO allies? Well, I think President Putin is, is very serious but I also do not think it's likely that he would actually follow through on that. Um, he's been threatening us in the West for, for years if Sweden or Denmark or Poland did anything. So he has weapons. He has no humanitarian streak, so he might do it. But there's no real battlefield advantage for him. And I think it would be impossible from the, for the West to stay out if he uses a nuclear weapon, let's say. And I think the people around him uh, are also thinking about life after Putin. I don't believe he wants to be uh, Nero, you know, burning the place down around him. Now, it is worth thinking about if he were to use a tactical nuclear weapon, let's say, uh, which is a relatively low yield, the destructive effect would not be much more than what he's already done to Mariupol and, and other cities. Um, and our response would not have to be nuclear either. I mean, this is why the F-35 was designed, was to deal with a situation like this. So I think the right people are working on this and we'll have the right responses. 
Uh, you hear those tough words from Putin and you see, have the decision to cut off gas uh, to Poland to Bulgaria a day after the United States pulled together 40 nations. And the message was we're going to meet every month and we're going to keep sending what Ukraine needs to Ukraine, including a big decision uh, from the, Germany. For the first time, the Germans providing heavy equipment here, uh, these Gephardt anti-aircraft systems. It looks like a tank, but it's essentially an armored vehicle that has anti-aircraft guns on it. You're familiar with this weapon system, sir. Uh, the Germans no longer use it, but they are now giving it to the Ukrainians. How significant, A, is the weapon, and B, that the Germans, who have been ha- historically reluctant uh, to use their military, are now sending these to Ukraine? Uh, John, if I may, the, the fact that President Putin has decided to cut off gas to Poland and Bulgaria is another in a long line of strategic blunders by the president of the Russian Federation. This only accelerates the departure of his former. Well, why is it a blunder? These people are telling him that he needs to stop the war when there is no war. Ukrainians are going to him right away because the mandate that was coming through was not agreeable to the Ukrainians. They're calling it like they're falling, but they're not. It's the actual... uh, Europeans that are attacking the Ukrainians themselves, like Ukraine is gone. It's game over. Get over it. And the more you provoke him, he doesn't need to give you gas. You're fighting him. Why does he need to be nice to you? Oh, we're all cold. Well, fuck you. Go to Turkey. Oh, let me guess. Right. You see, this is how they talk out of both sides of their mouth. Oh, so I'm supposed to be nice to you while you're attacking me and putting me all over the television like I'm doing something bad? Like, no, Putin won. It's game over. Bye. See ya. Game over. Now, all of this comes down to power and control. And like I said, Elon is smart. He just wants his visions to be seen. That's what every new god wants. Some gods have a vision of control. Others have a vision of freedom and love and, and, and compassion. And see, those that are usually of control, you know, start up to go to, to control the down. Those that are of love walk with those that are sought to be controlled. You know, we're going to have that Antarctica episode soon, right? Okay. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm just letting you guys know. Maybe we should switch it up to North Pole shit. I mean, I did tell you I was at that Air Force Base in Greenland. I mean, you guys just need to look at a map. Anyway, I digress. Mars and all. I wanted to show you exactly what my thoughts are because I keep saying, you know, the Tesla car that Bannon's saying is going to fail. It's not going to fail. He's got so much fucking data. It's crazy. Do you have a Starlink? I have a Starlink. Actually, (laughs) I've had a Starlink for like, I think two months and we haven't even set it up yet Um, because I haven't had the time. That's what freaking sucks, right? Because the house doesn't have good internet, but I wanted it. So that way, if I'm ever mobile, I could take it with me and have the internet. And then think about it, mobile internet. And then think about it. My my car, for some reason, has Wi-Fi on tap. But when I need to update my car, I have to connect to land Wi-Fi. So that's a little bit weird. Considering the amount of data that I use for like, if I'm in my car and I'm parked somewhere and I'm watching Netflix data, I play backgammon. I have an ongoing game with a medium a hardness of backgammon in the car, right? Um streaming, right? 
But for some reason, when I need to update the firmware, I have to connect to another Wi-Fi, which is weird. I can't go through the Starlink, which means that it's a relay. What do I mean? Um, well, you know, I'll leave it at that. I'll just say that. Data, 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 data. What is the big war? What is the new gold? It's data, as we know, right? Data is very important. And then, like I said, Tesla's owned by Vanguard. And all these people are owned by Vanguard. Vanguard, Morgan Stanley's backing the purchase of Twitter. That means more data. Ding. Then the Tesla phone, more data. Voice, this, that. But he's getting enough of that. He's getting video and voice and weird conversations in a fucking car. He doesn't need your phone. He's got you in the car. So let's see this genius way of getting someone's attention to tell you exactly what's up. Who do you think runs the world? Girls! No, not even close. Since the 1970s, two corporations have gobbled up most of the Earth's companies. Vanguard and BlackRock. And you might be like, Tony, that's ridiculous. I go to stores all the time and I see competing brands everywhere. The market has genuine competition because I can buy this or that or this or that. But all publicly traded companies have boards where the largest shareholders make the decisions. So when we investigate who are the largest shareholders of all these companies, the same two companies keep coming up. Vanguard and BlackRock. These two mega corporations own all the smaller corporations, so we have a monopoly inside of a monopoly. Vanguard and BlackRock own Coke and they own Pepsi. They own Apple and they own Android, i.e. Microsoft. They own American Airlines, they own Delta. They own oil and they own solar. They own eBay and they own Amazon and they own the car companies and the pharmaceutical companies and the tobacco companies, the food companies, the clothing companies, the insurance companies, the banks, 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 the banks. No matter what industry, the top shareholders are the ones making the decisions. Call me a dingleberry, but if you own all the competing companies in the free market, then I don't think the market is um, all that free. But who are they? The CEO and founder of BlackRock is Larry Fink. But then BlackRock has a board. The largest shareholder is Vanguard. And who's in Vanguard, you might wonder? Nobody knows. Yeah, I guess it's just private information. Probably the richest families on the planet, like the DuPonts, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Bushes. <laughs> Bush. And people. Simple truth. And this was the most genius video I have ever seen. Because what she did was she did a silly dance. She looked silly where you're just watching it and you're like, what the hell is going on? This is a hot mess. Like, what kind of dance is this? And then you're listening and you're like, wait a minute. See, that was genius. This person is a genius. They knew exactly what they did. That was incredible because it kept your attention because you wanted to see it because she looked funny, right? She was doing funny things, but you were listening to her and you could understand what she was telling you. That was genius.
That was genius. You know, memes keep messages short. They keep you stupid, right? This can take your attention without making you stupid, right? Because you already know it's like, you know, funny and she's dancing all weird and she's got pigtails and pink socks and she's not even rhythmic, right? And you're just like, what is this hot mess? She didn't want you to get seven seconds of bullshit. She wanted you to listen. And so think, who owns Twitter? BlackRock. Who owns Tesla? BlackRock. Who owns this? BlackRock. And you know, and then BlackRock has all these other companies inside of it. Like the one guy I subpoenaed, Cerebus, is part of BlackRock. They just split it up to little companies. (laughs) Morgan Stanley, right there. It's all about data. They know how you think, what you say, what you do. This is why you sell crazy when you're by yourself. You know, there there was a, oh, where did I see this? And I was like, damn, that person has a really woke, uh, woke in a good way, right? Therapist. A woman went to her therapist and she's like, I talk to myself. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, I have full-blown conversations with myself. Like, I will have a conversation like, this is so stupid. We need to get this done. We need to get that done, blah, blah, blah. And I know a lot of you can relate to that shit because I'm one of those. And um, her therapist said, well, is it a voice in your head or are you just talking to yourself? Lady says, no, I'm just talking to myself. You know what the therapist said? That goes back to trauma. That means you can't trust anyone but yourself to have a conversation. And I was like, so... All of us are now traumatized. We can't have fuck all conversations. We're all talking to ourselves. We're all trying to figure out what we need to get done. And it's like we're chasing our own tails. Oh, look, this new video came out. It's like a documentary, it says. And it's like, all right, uh, facts. They simply are. And this is why enjoying the show is so important. And, you know, I absolutely... I'm so grateful that I'm working with someone so gifted that understands storytelling. You know, today is National Story Day. I wanted to tell the story, but eh, another time. We'll make our own National Story Day, not whatever they say. But um, I'm really grateful that I have someone that understands storytelling. Enjoy the show will be the prelude to Shadowgate 3. Shadowgate 3 is showing you an operation blatantly from start to finish. (sighs) It's going to include a lot of stuff in there. Now I'm not in charge of that. I will leave it up to Millie. Well, I'm helping, but I'm not in charge because we need to end this. But in order to do that, you have to be primed with enjoy the show. You've got to understand the more digestible parts of it. Because when you see the betrayal, when you see an operation in full effect, you're going to be going down that hole and you're not going to, you're not going to be like Alice. When you end up there and it's going to say, eat me, drink me, you're going to be like, fuck you. I don't want anything. We're talking behind the scenes stuff, secret videos and cameras. Texts, emails, 
Like, wait till you see it. It shows you how your right-wing, supposed conservative influencers are really just assets with pay stubs, audio, video, pictures. But again, you have to see the Hollywood side of it first. You have to see the government side of it first. It's going to be pretty awesome. But it's also really scary. But we have to remember, this is indeed a war. A super war, actually. You know what? It, but we have to remember what our president had said. I'm trying to find the video. Listen to this. I am here as your president to proclaim before the country and before the world, this monument will never be desecrated. These heroes will never be defaced. Their legacy will never, ever be destroyed. Their achievements will never be forgotten. And Mount Rushmore will stand forever as an eternal tribute to our forefathers and to our freedom. We are the nation that gave rise to the Wright brothers, Harriet Tubman, George Patton, the great Louis Armstrong, Elvis Presley, Ella Fitzgerald. We settled the Wild West, won two world wars, landed American astronauts on the moon. Centuries from now, our legacy will be the cities we built, the champions we forged, the good that we did, and the monuments we created. America's destiny is in our sights. America's heroes are embedded in our hearts. America's future is in our hands. And ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come. Now that we realize, sorry, was I on mute? Now that we realize just how big this battle is, we have to remember that it's all a show and that we are in control. <laughs> and it is us who speak tomorrow into fruition. No one else. What happened yesterday doesn't define today and definitely does not define tomorrow. You don't have to be, you're never the person you were yesterday. So why the heck would you assume that your tomorrow is going to be the same as yesterday? I feel sometimes that people don't see the monsters in front of them. And the minute people start to realize just how in control they are of every single second of their life, because time is the only constraint in your realm, then they realize that they don't have to project their fear onto what they see every day. If you can only practice that, things become so clear. That's all. Just things become so clear. Tomorrow I'll be streaming on Locals from where I'm doing my campaign. Um, I'll be in Columbus. Um, I want to wish you guys a fantastic evening. Uh, when I go live on Rumble, obviously, I will let you guys know. Um, I will telegram it so you know. Um, make sure to just sign up and get, you know, the little dingy bell that comes through on your phone. Um, 
it should be fun tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to a commute. That that sounds so sad, right? You want to go drive? I actually feel like I need to go drive so I could talk to myself <laughs> and listen to some music or whatever, anything I find on YouTube entertaining that I like to listen to, or maybe listen to a new book. Uh, we'll see. On that note, I want to urge you to look at things from an objective perspective without projecting your fears in front of you. And you'll see how everything just makes sense. God bless everyone. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war. This is a war. This is a war that we live in through Never reveal to you that they also leave and killing you They don't tell you what the hell you agree to She been hurting you, don't know who leading you Keep on proceeding to follow your mind is so hollow Are you being coddled by government swallowing up everything that the media tell you Without a question or a problem All of the sheep being slaughtered They poison the water Removing the father and trusting these daughters Ignoring blue collar Keep printing the dollar And watching your sons and your daughters Ain't got any honor if I'm being honest I just ain't picking this side But I'm not a right for my freedom And die for my freedom And question the government lies A lot on my mind It's so little time Gotta think all of us needing a sign The devil he hides an ego and pride They sell them, they sell them, they paying the price God won't give you more than you can handle Government should be dismantled Every politician got a scandal Prepare for the war We going to battle This is a war on Press. religion This is a war on the children They give you the cure with the sickness This is a war on tradition This is a war on religion This is a war on the children They give you the cure with the sickness This is a war This is a war Get killed, the ignorant living in meat that's still Don't stand up for something, you falling for nothing No way to the world that we know fall ill This is the revelation of our generation Losing civilization, I'm determined Just to liberate us with our dedication Fuck the Terminator, fuck your medication <laughs>